Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I am doing very well, Sarah. It's been a a, a good week for our, our, our shows. I had, um, you know, which we'll get into later, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it, I'm doing well. Doing well. Can't wait to talk. I have such a arrow vi- um, bias that when you said our shows, I was about to pounce and be like, no show. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, wait, we, we're watching Black Lightning, too. That's okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't well, know why. Just, yeah, and I know you had that. I, I know you were a big fan of This Is Us, and I know they had their finale this week. So, um, it was so good. Yeah, and I, right before we just got on here, I was watching Atlanta tonight, and it was very, very good, very very funny. Sometime we'll have to, uh, at maybe during the summer, we can uh, talk about it during our, our Arrowverse hiatus. And yeah, absolutely. That's a show that I still need to get on. And I I keep, like, I got to find the right moment. I think we've talked about this before. Like, you can never force anybody to watch a television show because mm-hmm. if they start watching it begrudgingly, they're not going to like it. Exactly. But when you do find a show, you often find it like when you were meant to, like, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's like finding a soulmate. Like, let's be honest here. Okay. I know nothing about love, but I imagine. <laughs> well, you have, you have different soulmates. You have your nerd soulmates, you have your romantic soulmates. So, you know, so if you find your, <laughs> your nerd soulmate, you know, then, you know, you, you might have a taste of it. So. Yeah. 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 Like it, it's love is not confined to genre. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but This Is Us crushed their season two finale. Oh, my God, it was such a good episode. And all I would say is that my mom was wrong. Us finding out how Jack died this season did not squander all of the story potential because mm. the the writers did an ex- excellent job with the season two finale finale of setting up a bigger mystery Mm. that'll impact the future seasons like they're expanding this world it's it's amazing well yeah see i'm so i'm so far behind on this show but uh you know you 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 have such enthusiasm for it you know maybe again it might be one of the summer hiatus things i'll try to catch yeah it's 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 a soap opera but it's like the best time yeah, well, I like soap opera, so. Yeah, and um, it's nice because, like, when shows do good, you're really happy. And then when shows do bad and you had such high hopes for them, it really makes you angry, Will. It does. It does. Because I am so frustrated with Jessica Jones season <laughs> two. <laughs> well, whenever, whenever I, I didn't get uh, excited uh tweets or direct messages from you regarding the show I, I was i was beginning to get worried and uh yeah i guess you confirmed it this evening this is how bad it is for me right now like i it's not horrible i've seen worse i'm still trying to figure out if i prefer this over iron fist or not um but i am about on the verge of seeing the the Kilgrave episode, and I just cannot motivate myself to sit down and continue watching. Ooh. So, what is up with that? Oh gosh, and see this, 
yeah, see, next week was my plan to, uh, you know, sit down and, 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 and power through this. And, and now you're, you're scaring me, Sarah. <laughs> I finished season huh? one and like, yeah, and I, and I see exactly why you, it was so popular. Do you think it's, and I, I don't want us to like jump too deep because I know we're going to be talking about this show right. uh, later, but uh, with Patricia, but um, is it one of those things where they're kind of played out in the Marvel Netflix universe? I've, d- I've done a lot of thinking about it and I've, I've pondered this and I, in my mind, I feel like season two of Jessica Jones would have worked if it was the first season of Jessica Jones hmm. and you just switch the seasons because a lot of the, the, um, the slower pace and the much more character focused, like hmm. you think season one is character focused. Nah, it's got oh. nothing on season two. Oh boy. <laughs> reminded, um, reminded me a lot about daredevil season one where I like daredevil season one, yeah. it, but it didn't hit me the way that season two daredevil did because with season two, not only do you have this fully three dimensional hero, but you bring in the punisher, you bring in Electra all of this complexity and expand this world and bring in mysticism. Mm -hmm. Granted, a third act of season two is BS, but whatever. So, which is some of the strong points of season one of Jessica Jones, where you have Kilgrave, where you have Officer Simpson, AKA Nuke, and then where you also have um, Luke Cage. Mm Mm-hmm. Season two of Jessica Jones doesn't really have all of those toys. Oh, so and, yeah, that was this massive thing about season one that really impressed me was this this great this deep universe of, of characters. Yeah, I I I don't know what the mentality was okay. in that decision um, making for putting a lot of those toys back on the shelf, especially considering this is coming fresh off of seeing her with the Defenders, where a lot of us felt like she was one of the standouts. Her interactions with Luke, her interactions with Matt, Mm -hmm. those were some of the highlights of that season. But, you know, now, now we're here and it's just Jessica. I mean, I like her, but I feel like... I don't know why the writers are feeling the need to continue focusing so much on building her character because I felt like I knew her character coming out of season one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, we can definitely go deeper on that when we have our uh, review show with, uh, with Patricia. Yeah. And, and Patricia, you know, this is why we bring her on. Because yeah. I can be harshly critical, and Patricia will be like, "I liked it." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll just yeah, and I'll I'll just sort of be you know either I will really dig it or or I will struggle through it like I did the Punisher. So we'll, I, 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 I'm keeping an open mind. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, yeah, but some of your but your your feelings is dark are consistent with some of the at least headlines I've seen with uh with season two of jessica jones i haven't clicked on any of the stories because i don't want to be spoiled but yeah 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 speaking of headlines man 
Ava DuVernay, DuVernay yeah. is, I, I mean, I didn't realize that A Wrinkle in Time is being considered successful. <laughs> yeah, well, when you consider the juggernaut that is up against with uh, Black Panther, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think any showing, you know, that, yeah, you know, I think, I think Disney managed their expectations with that film because, I know there was a lot of, um, you know, people were trying to compare it to and whatnot, but they're totally different films. And it, and uh, it, I think if Black Panther was like your typical Mar- MCU or even you know, or, or other big blockbuster film, usually even Last Jedi kind of ran out of steam by the fifth or sixth week mark. But I mean, yeah, I was just talking with a friend of mine last night. They they hadn't seen Black. Panther yet, and they were asking, so what's the big deal? And I was just like, okay, you should, first you should go, you know, you should go see it. So then, and then listen to us. So, <laughs> so you can hear all the why we loved it. But uh, I gave them the non-spoiler uh, answer, and uh, they're like, oh, oh, they're like, oh, I gotta go see this now. Yeah, yeah, I I was really proud of our review of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because but we it, set aside the CGI grievances yep. and focused on the story brilliance. Yep, yep. But, and and we were pretty funny. Yeah, but I thought so. I thought we were. But yeah, Ava though with the with the big news with the uh, the new gods being signed on to uh, direct that today. That was um, she and Ryan Coogler. I think can just go do whatever they want at this point. They have the cachet to sign on any project and. And uh, I know you haven't seen A Wrinkle in Time yet, and when you do, one of the things that's great about her storytelling is the ability to paint a picture. A few weeks ago, I binged um, Queen Sugar mm-hmm. on the Oprah Network, and that that is Ava's show. And she directed, I think, all of her season, at least. Mm-hmm. And even a show that is not built in a fancy um, – a fanciful land like a wrinkle in time or has all of these visuals. She's still able to highlight human emotion through the yep. lens of a camera and just, just bring you into a world that you're not familiar with. Um, but that is fully realized and feels really authentic. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what worked about a wrinkle in time. Because as a, mentioned to you when we talked about it a little bit uh, last Sunday it started out slow but as but by the end of the film you, could, you know this it was really this this masterful like portrait of uh, of, of this universe that she you know added, adapted from which a, a book that many people have felt was a very difficult uh, book to adapt to film and the 2002 or three version of that kind of uh, it was was an example of that, um, and I haven't read the book, but you know it it did encourage me. I'm like, you know, I might actually go back and read the book now, even though it was somehow it was one of those key things that just I missed out on in my teenage years. Yeah, um, so so this this hers being the director for the New Gods, um, yeah. m- m- me hearing this is kind of tainted. Because today I watched Screen Junkies' um, honest trailer of the Justice League. 
<laughs> it was so funny. It was it was the best. And they they really hit them hard over the insanity and or the insane amount of CGI. Yes. And when you start looking into the new gods, which I have heard about because I did because I'm such a nerd that I did a lot of research when I was watching season four of Arrow because there were some new god references. And Mm. I built up this whole fan fiction in my head about what season four was about. FYI, that didn't happen. Very (laughs) disappointed by that still to this day. But I still understand what new gods are and how they are linked to Dark Side and Apocalypse. I just, I'm very nervous because, A, still, regardless of the director, we're not talking about Disney, Will. We're talking about Warner Brothers and DC. They don't have the best track record, especially with original authors directing these um, movies and not having them necessarily connect or I don't really know what they want to do with this. If it's a one shot or what the plan is also looking into these characters and this world, I I don't, they got to figure out their CGI game. It can't be the same old BS or if they're willing to put enough money behind it, it's really got to work or, or she can, she can do all of the visuals she wants and it's still going to look like a, a Zack Snyder mess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it crazy mutant looking Henry Cavill. Yeah. <laughs> um, and well, I, you know, I think we'll, I'm going to reserve judgment on the special effects at, with the, with the uh, DC because we do have Aquaman coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully whatever issues they've been having will have been worked out by that with, with, the, with the release of Aquaman. So I'll, I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment on that particular point. And then, Why do I keep forgetting that Aquaman is coming out later this cause year? Because Aquaman is a very forgettable character. I mean, think, you know, Joshua Mali- you know, Oma did a uh, hell of a job, like, you know, basically, well, I, I've, I've always felt Aquaman. I, I can't get past the Super Friends version of that character, even though I know in the comic, he is comic books, he's apparently a super badass. But, um, but, you know, at least in Justice League, he, he, uh, he was one of the breakouts, uh, of that film, along with, uh, Ezra Miller as, as the Flash. Um, yeah. So, you know, so hopefully we will get another Wonder Woman-esque type of film uh, with with Aquaman. Yeah, yeah. And and that will restore some of my confidence moving forward, especially if Ava sticks around. I guess I'm just, I'm also going to kind of be like, yeah, I understand that she signed, but you know, I'll, I'll wait until they wrap production for her to really be the director of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at this well, rate. God. Yeah. But, but for them to sign her, I think there, there must be a very good story there to tell uh, because she's at the point now in her, in her career that um, she, you know, she has earned the right to be very, you know, very choosy and, and what she puts her name to. And so, 
she she proved she could do a, a difficult film with the wrinkle in time, and so we'll see what she does with new guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, other surprising news was that Kristen Wiig got cast as a as the Cheetah villain for Wonder Woman two. Yeah. I'm still trying to wrap my head around that one. <laughs> and this just re- reads like Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman all over again. Oh, that's a good comparison. Very good comparison. I that's don't, cool. I don't, I, I hope it doesn't turn out that way. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, okay, maybe it won't considering they, from what I understand and what I've heard, they originally made the offer to Emma Stone, who turned it down. Yeah. So uh, that that means that they wrote it with potentially a different person in mind. Mm-hmm. But Kristen Wiig, who I, I do think is a really good actress, and I have seen her in a few indie films where she's a, much more dramatic than yeah. her com- comedic persona. Uh, but, you know, we'll we'll see how how she pulls this off and – what she really has going for her is that in the first Wonder Woman, the villain is entirely forgettable. So yeah, yeah. there's well, nothing really for us to compare her up to or exactly. for her to yeah, stand against. Yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I was, uh, yeah, uh, whenever we first started talking about this, I was like, who was the villain in Wonder Woman? <laughs> because like Dr. Poison or something? Oh, uh, was it Doc? Oh, it was uh, Ares. Well, well, yeah, but it's like yeah. Doctor Poison was majority of the film, and then right. Aries during the third act, and then there was that general. Wasn't it that general dude as well? Um, I can't remember remember the character's name. Who was Poison's uh, uh, assistant with the Germans? Yeah, and there was that really um, stupid scene where they're mixing potions and throw a bomb, and they're like, he he he. And you're yeah. like, what is this kind of weird snuff film happening? Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, me and my cynical nature just wants to say the villain of the first Wonder Woman was CGI. Yes. <laughs> yes. Enough uh, said. Enough said. Bad CGI for that. Yeah. And the last bit that... um it's currently happening right now, or I saw today, is um, the last headline. It's not even a headline, okay? It's just Twitter being Twitter. It is essentially, last week, you guys were talking about the Flash fandom, and I mm-hmm. felt really left out. So yeah. I did my due diligence this week and noticed that there's currently an outcry in the Arrow fandom because the producers promised fans that season six would feature a storyline revolving around Felicity, mm-hmm. where which was not connected to Team Arrow or Oliver. Red flags, two red flags right there, people. Yes. Fast forward to now, and her... She's in the show with they don't not show Felicity. Oliver and Felicity always have at least one or two moments. It's just not she just isn't also having her own story at the moment. Um, Instead, they're putting a lot of writing towards Dinah and Black Siren, introduction of Dragon, 
um, all sorts of other things. And I feel like the Felicity fandom is kind of just like WTF, mate. Yeah, well, I think the story that they are, are painting of for Felicity this season is Felicity the Homemaker. Um, or the Felicity the Stepmom. More, it's probably more appropriate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, my my heart just stopped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We haven't all we haven't she hasn't completely been like, you know, you know, transitioned to like nineteen fifties housewife, thank God. But uh, but she is definitely playing the role of, of step stepmom, which uh uh you know, I think even in 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 universe they Made, I think she may may have made a comment about feeling very domestic, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, so that definitely is a different place than we're we're used to seeing her. I mean, obviously she's still in Overwatch, but also who's been tagging along with her these days, William. So yeah, um, I, I can see how Arrow fans are are feeling very um, upset with how they've. Uh, Utilize her this season. Well, um, it's, I don't. I wouldn't want to say all Arrow fans because I'm sure anybody who likes Dinah and Laurel are very pleased with this season. Um, it's really that Felicity stands or the Elicity, and it's interesting because there there was all of that noise on Twitter when the crossover occurred because it featured both. Barry and Iris getting married, and then surprise, double wedding. Oliver and Felicity got married as well, and yeah. so this kind of frustration that I'm currently hearing makes me reevaluate that question. Like, do married superheroes work on these shows? For me, I I love watching soap operas because of the love stories. Like. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm a shipper. <laughs> Imagine if I had, like, clearly had said, like, clearly I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> but, and and I do that because I feel like you don't have to throw it in the viewer's face every single episode, but it, having that kind of emotional angst, there's just something so interesting about it and appealing and I like it. Okay. <laughs> you like you, you like you like a, your, your melodrama thrown in with all the explosions. Yeah, yeah, I get you. You know that's a very mean word, but I'll <laughs> let it fly for now. Okay, <laughs> Mister. I we haven't talked about the Flash. You want to talk melodrama, oh, sir? Oh, it, it is like so deep in melodrama. What are you talking about? I I I, I freely admit that that show is like. Uh, super melodrama. All right, yeah. Uh, just as an aside, it was, um, I guess, uh, Greg Berlanti and um, is, has the movie... Uh, was Love, it? Simon. Love, Simon, yeah. And um, I guess it's opening this week, and uh, my, my daughter and her, and her teenage friends want to go see it, and I just kind of laughed. I was like, yeah, that's just basically a CW show on the big screen. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, I love to shame Will when he says <laughs> <laughs> I opened the door, so you go right ahead. 
<laughs> the, um, okay. I don't want to get into a random love Simon. Yeah, I know. I, I, it was just tangent. A, yeah. But we were but talking, yeah. we were talking relationships. So I figured it was a, a perfect place to drop it in. It, well, you know, so so if you're gonna call that movie basically a CW show, no, I was, I've heard a lot. Wait, I, okay. I I'm like like it's fine, but it's an interesting comparison because I've also heard people's relate it to more of Breakfast Club, like John Hughes movies. Yeah, I've heard that Only too. Only it's it's featured a um a gay character yeah. in yeah. the forefront as opposed to a helpless girl. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just threw that in there as far as just, you know, we have the same creative team, even have some actors from the Arrowverse uh, appearing in it. So, so we shall, yeah. But that being said, um, the bit into the earlier question, do married superheroes work? I'm, I'm actually liking the way Arrow is utilizing Oliver and Felicity's relationship this season. Mm-hmm. It, they acknowledge the fact that they're married, but they have a life outside still of their their marriage. Like normal people many times do. <laughs> 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 you know, it's not always, you know, it's, yeah, thank God we haven't heard we are Arrow. <laughs> hey, hey, I will say that as loud as I want. <laughs> I, but but it's not so in your face to stay they're married. It's not always at the forefront of everything. Yeah, it's okay. So remember on on the Flash when they had the 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 trial episode. Mm-hmm. And my thoughts were, like, that is a very well-constructed episode of television, technically speaking. Yeah. But still, at the end of it, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. I'm very much in that mind set with Arrow right now, where, you know, since coming back from break, I like what they're doing. I like all of the... I, I like what they did with the villain. I like the changes and how how the story is has not um, really run come into like a place of being stagnant. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. had a mm-hmm. had a rough. It's a very solid season. I'm still not necessarily feeling as much as I should about these characters. Mm. So. It's just, it's interesting, like, I think the, the the moment that probably gave me the chills the most so far in this later half of Arrow is that episode featuring Dana, um, and and why do I always forget his name? Vince. Vince, yeah. God. Yeah, I was just watching Dinah the, and Vince, like, Dinah, Vince, like yeah. when you realize what they did and mm-hmm. why the flashbacks worked as well as they did and all of the consequences like that's a beautiful moment but i felt for it because it's loss and it's tragedy of that that person in your life yeah yeah. and that connection all over again yeah it it is i mean uh, i watched that episode was repeat repeated tonight and uh yeah i mean watching it again uh you know it still had that emotional uh, pull and where I did feel vested 
and 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 Dinah and and Bette and and her loss um, in particular, which you know has you know, carried forward in in you know subsequent episodes. So I totally get what you're saying, uh, I, but for me, I think with Oliver and Felicity, I, I do feel um, I do get some emotional tug in, in, in the sense that um, Felicity uh, learning. Well, actually, both of them, quite frankly, learning how to be parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Oliver, for all these years, you know, you know, solely focused on saving, you know, not failing Star City. Uh, Felicity, um, sort of having a caretaker role in the in the Overwatch, just far to make sure that Oliver was safe when, and Diggle were safe out on when they were out on the street. But now having, for, you know, not only uh, for the for the two of them to finally um, settle uh, and 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 get married, uh, so with with all their prior history, so, you know, and learning how to be husband and wife, but then also add into the mix of Oliver learning how to be a parent and Felicity learning how, learning how to be a step parent. Um, it, it's been interesting to see that dynamic play out this season for, for both of those characters and, and how they handle situations. Um, you know, how Oliver basically broke his promise to William about hanging up the hood mm-hmm. and how Felicity has, uh, been sort of the bridge to help William deal with Oliver and also her learning of how to apply her skills of being just a you know genius uh, and, and helping William out with with school and, and just life and stuff in general. So it, so those, whenever they have those moments, it, it it's nice to see that as a change of pace from just the constant you know drama that you have between old team Arrow, original team Arrow, the breakoff team. And you know and all the stuff going on with Dragon. It's 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 this is a nice humanizing moment that could, in, in an otherwise very you know greedy show. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with that. Um, we'll see. I mean, we this week on the Flash, we got to yeah. see a lot of these dynamics dynamics come back into play um, with Run Iris Run. And Iris became the Flash. Yes, kind of. Yeah, she was. Yeah. So, what do you think about this the episode? Before you like wrote this big ten thousand foot level thoughts on it. I really didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I I really all that ever goes in my mind about this episode is that scene where she first goes out in this out into the field Mm -hmm. and. The building's on fire, and there's just this awkward, mo- these awkward moments of her pretty much about to die, and yeah. them cutting to ke- Team Flash, and I'm just like, seriously, 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 vibe. Yeah. What the heck? <laughs> Why yeah. are you guys like? I, I couldn't. I could not get over. Like, do not show me a room of metahumans. Yeah, I understand Barry isn't, but all of those other people are, and telling me that you guys seriously don't know what to do because she's about to die. Yeah. 
Yeah, that that was to me the weakest portion of the episode. I that would that bother me as well because I mean you're, you're right. I mean for the last four years, yeah, they have always figured out a way to help Barry out in that same situation, and now all of a sudden they have like a brain freeze. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It was, yeah. it was bizarre. It, was, I, 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 it I, took me, yeah. Yeah, and I, and I see what the right, I, I see where the writer was, what they were trying to do there. Um, but they could have done it without, in a, in a less, in a maybe lower stakes kind of way. Because I mean, even Barry didn't like have that kind of like moment, you know, when he first got his powers in, in, in the first season. And he, he, gra- he gradually built up to that. <laughs> uh, so I had, um, I was thinking about this episode, Will. I knew we were going to talk about it, and I had a realization. What's that? Stay with me now. All right, I'm staying with you. I think that part of the problems that we're noticing is that they gave Cisco. His prob- his powers too soon in the series. Mm. Now, had they not, and every all the pl- plot points pretty much throughout the seasons remain the same, and had they waited for this season for him to be come vibe because of him being on the bus yeah. and it being him instead of Ralph that they're trying to protect. And all oh, of these stakes yes. attached to Cisco, who's a known character. And mm-hmm. we knew he was going to become Vibe eventually. Right, right. I don't know why he had to be one of the OG Bettas in Central City and why they couldn't hold it back if they were going to do something like this. I think that this season would be so much more interesting and engaging. Yeah. Had Had they just held back on that and... Because we complain about it every single week. They're not using the metas that they quickly established in the other seasons. And yeah. it's just, it's bizarre. And I'm really starting to get worried for Harry. Yes. <laughs> well, Harry, yeah. So Harry with the thinking cap. Are you worried about him going the route of uh, our friend Thawne or... For me, uh, you know, Mr. Harry, with, with his obvious rage issues and uh, ego combined, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I could see, and, and I could see where Cisco definitely was like afraid of. I don't know if he like, you know, vibed this, you know, saw something in the future that if if Harry continues to, to use the the, the Thinking cap minus the dark matter, um, that um, he will turn evil, or or you know, or he will eventually break the promise of not using the dark matter and utilize it, and you know, and ends up causing more harm than good to Team Flash. So. So, well, I, I'm surprised you didn't do a scenario at which he dies or gets MS, just like um, devoted. Like well, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I figured I, I figured that might be where you were heading, so I didn't want to jump in. 
Well, well, it was either it's it's any one of those, like frankly, that they're I based off of what they did this episode, I'm just thinking to myself, are you guys seriously going to go really full circle? And season five is going to be Harry versus Barry, very much to mirror season one in a very Arrow-esque way, like. A lot of fans were watching season five of Arrow and noticing all of the comparisons to season one. And it had like this full circle effect. But they did that purposely because of the island implications. Right. Barry doesn't have an island. No, no. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I don't I don't I don't think they'll turn. I don't think they'll do that because. Uh, Wells, uh, Harry. I think it's probably something more like like you were saying. If he could end up like the bow where he would have a debilitating disease, or, so he would end up in a wheelchair, like how Wells in season one was in a wheelchair. Yeah. Okay. Possibly. Um, <laughs> that's one route. That's one route, which would be very eerie. Even though we know that we think this is our Harry. Well, I guess it is our Harry because Cecile would have figured it out if it was Thawne because she could have read his mind. So that strikes that that theory spiral. But um, if yeah. Cecile lives the season, uh, they're going. They're not going to do that. They're not going to. No, do you don't know. You they're, don't know. They're sir. not going to kill Cecile off. I mean, she's got She's got She's got to have Mystery Girl. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know that's that's her the baby. I, I, I don't. I don't. I know. I know. I know. Todd uh, Hybring was like, you know, saying people haven't figured it out yet. But you know, they always like drop enough morsels of information that's you know somewhere out in fandom, someone's going to figure it out. Whether we do it here or somewhere else, someone's going to figure out who she is. Or they're just doing that, you know, throwing, you know, flag up there because everyone is just so convinced that it's Dawn and then it ends up being Dawn Allen after all. Yeah, I just, I just worry that when they finally air that episode with the reveal that it'll be so removed from all of her other appearances that I'll still be trying to wrap my mind around the significance mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just, it's just this, I, I, I I keep reflecting on season one of The Flash, and they they managed to do a lot of story work through the same amount of episodes, but mm-hmm. it was a lot more consistent um, yeah. because you would have an arc with, like, Firestorm back-to-back episodes, so it would start and it would end. But now, I don't know why. It just feels like, well, we tease it. We tease it in one episode and then and then not consistently, but more spaced out. And I just I scratch my head at it trying to figure out um, because I really did care about that. No understanding that in the first half of the season. But now I'm kind of just like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna to tease something like that, you're right. I think what made Firestorm and what, what made the teases work in season one and was the fact that it was a very uh, very tight resolution to it. it, it, it and um, 
these, these moments where Mystery Girl just shows up um, randomly and you give these you know, funny looks and um, funny you know, such, um, interactions with our core characters. Um, yeah, it, 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 I mean, maybe it's, I mean, it, uh, clearly it's an, it's an intentional thing where what they're doing here, but it, it does mess up the flow, um, as a viewer. Um, speaking about moments, what did you think about Iris's and the Ralph's moment? Um, so there was a lot of chatter on Twitter about that this week. Um, and I, I, I think with with Ralph, um, at first I didn't. I, I, I was hopeful that he was not going to be in the episode, but then I saw that he was. Oh, I was like, oh darn! But uh, I thought he'd be staying in his basement. Um, but that being said, I, I, in a weird way, I actually felt sympathetic for Ralph this week, and I and I'm no fan of that character at all. You're such um, a traitor. um but i I, i'm just being contrarian here uh taking the opposite taking the opposite viewpoint than the than the rest of the herd um it was again it's been interesting to see the pairings that they've made this season like for Mm -hmm. example harry and cecile so it was definitely in that vein where it was like okay this is an interesting pairing and it was um, I will agree that, um, you know, it was pretty rich of him to like, you know, come down on Iris, like, you know, what the hell, you know, who are you like the, like, you know, Mr. Hyde in the basement, <laughs> tell me right. that I'm not measuring up as a hero, uh, when Barry's having to like give you pep talk or Caitlin or Cisco, you know, it's like, okay, <laughs> who, who draws a short straw this week? Um, but, um. But at the same time, um, you know, you raised a good point earlier that uh, it would have been more emotionally compelling if it had been Cisco. And uh, but getting back to Ralph, um, even though he was, you know, his usual jerky self, I, you know, I, I they're, they're, they are trying their best to to turn this character into um, more than just a misogynist pig, <laughs> and, wow. and they the baby steps. He still has those tendencies, and you know that clearly was shown the way he treated Iris. Um, but um, but at the same time, it. Um, Maybe she, maybe she needed to hear that from someone who wasn't part of the you know the long time team to help her sort of realize and and they they tip, they nodded to this within this show of she's been stagnant for a year and a half as a character and maybe it took you know everybody's fine with Barry being hard on people. And, you know, giving them the, you know, be tough whenever they're training. And maybe it needed to be that outside voice of, of Ralph being the one to be tough on Iris to help her, you know, 
realized that, you know, I have been kind of stuck here in this, in this place, and I've given up my journalism career. I'm just here in the lab all the time. And and so, you know, for, for, for that standpoint, you know, um, that's the counterpoint to what I've been seeing on Twitter all week. I, I just I just when when you were going through your final points, I was I was like, man, I am so unengaged in the show right now. <laughs> I'm like, what did Ralph say to Iris? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more the, the treatment. Uh, I think people were just like, yeah. Yeah. Oh no no I was I was correcting myself I said unengaged and they yeah. should have said disengaged I was very yeah. disengaged yeah. I I I guess I saw I don't know it just I I there was something about it that felt so awkward to me to everything that they were doing where I I mean we all knew because we read spoilers God shame on us yeah. but we we knew like the setup and how it would occur and I kept looking at the clock I was just like damn she just didn't get her powers until 20 minutes into the episode and then yeah. that awkward fight sequence and then what the heck Cisco it takes you forever to make a decision to use your powers to go save her and then in the meantime you're a seamstress. I mean, okay. Yeah. Cisco is more than a seamstress, and it pisses me off. Yeah. Because he, all he's doing is making costumes. Yeah. All he has done this season, you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I, I totally get, I totally get what you meant, me by um, the watching the clock. Because I, I, I was doing the same thing. I was like, come on, you know, we're about halfway through here, and she's still just. Hasn't uh, hasn't been it hasn't had the switch the DNA switch so what's going on here? But I will just say that for me, and we've talked about this before about them needing to utilize Iris better. Um, for me, it was an enjoyable episode for that very reason. That yes, it it took them creating creating her as a speedster to to do that. Uh, to our point earlier about married superheroes working, um, to that, it was, again, it was a great demonstration of how um, secure a hero and a man that Barry is, that he was able to allow Iris to, you know, he didn't feel threatened or upstage, and you know, it, it was especially when you juxtaposed that with Ralph. Um, you know, really? very, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I, I just thought it was like a good way of just showing how couples support each other. Um, so I thought it was fake. Like, um, in all honesty, I did, I didn't, I don't really believe him when he said at the end. That, you know, I would have never asked you to give up your power. We saw his looks throughout the episode. He felt so, so out of his element without having his powers yeah. that it was very uncomfortable where I don't I don't believe that. I think mm. I would have been more interested had she retained the powers for more than one episode to really flesh out that di- dynamic and really get into more of those those tropes like you can't. 
that's a power dynamic that is really interesting to have in a relationship, especially a marriage and a new marriage. So why not stretch that and really mind that shift, especially in during a time when the Me Too movement is happening? But they didn't do that. She passed it off to him and in a very you know, happy-go-lucky, like, I support my husband kind of way. That's true. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. And um, I, don't, but I don't know if I, and maybe it's just a, you know, blind spot or just for me or is that, or just, I don't, I don't know if when I saw the looks, it was jealous of her as much as him being, you know, feeling lost and, and you know, and honestly, for me, one of the things I was like, you know, he's been through this before where, you know, where uh, Zoom stole his powers and um, everything. But <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So that's this episode. Oh, my God. Well, great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> he's been there before. But to your point, yeah. You know, but this time, instead of it being the evil yeah. speedster. It, it's it's his wife, but I didn't feel like he was jealous of her. And I, and I, to me, when he said that he would have been okay with her keeping the powers, that's who Barry Allen is. So I thought that was completely consistent with his character. Um, fair point. So the looks I compared them to Wally last season. Anytime mm-hmm. he watched. Barry being the Flash, mm-hmm. you know, kind of on that envious way. Yeah. Well, he always had, yeah, and it, that and that makes sense because Wally was the, you know, he always looked at Barry as the favorite son, even though they're weird kind of dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> so Iris aside, something else I noticed that they did because because you're right, like in this. Every season, there's been an episode where Barry loses his powers, except this time it's to his wife. We all, uh, by the end of the episode, they're still blaming the evil villain of the season. So technically speaking, you could also argue that it is due to DeVoe, how this all occurred. And um, I found the most interesting part of this episode I found was in that discussion about the capabilities Mm-hmm. of this meta, this particular meta, and the idea that maybe in an abstract kind of way, DeVoe's plan is to try to get rid of all of the metas in in Central City. Mm-hmm. And And then the more I thought about that, the more interesting it became in my own mind because DeVoe is somebody who prior to the particle accelerator explosion – was a man so confident in, in himself and his own abilities because he had his brain and his mind and he understood the world like nobody else on the planet. Mm-hmm. And that, there's a sense of power in that. Yeah. And then to exist in a city where an explosion goes off and all of these individuals who are, who just randomly receive these other powers, mm-hmm. it kind of, it kind of puts him in this place like, well, well, is that really fair? Or, or why, why do some get powers that they can retain for long periods of times while others, it's, 
it's a gift, but it's also such a big curse on them because for him, his power ended up really killing him in the long run. So, yeah. and I feel like we've talked about that before, but um, I feel like there was some hints more at that greater, not the greater plan, but more at the motivations of DeVoe that yeah. again, have yet to truly be revealed. Yeah. But I think, I think you're on something that with that theory though. Um, and I haven't really seen that uh, talked about much out out, out there um, as far as his motivations, but I, you, I think you're, you're onto something there. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand it myself, um, but I, I did feel like the the next few metas hopefully will play into this idea about again more abilities where if used have can can maybe wipe the metas from Central City. And I feel like we've spent far more than enough time on The Flash, so yeah. let's talk yeah. Black Lightning. Let's talk Black Lightning. <laughs> yes, yes, which uh, I think this episode, uh, just quick impressions, it, it's probably one of the best, if not the best, episodes of the season in the sense that uh, it really carried many things forward narratively um, that we've sort of um, have been dealing with over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like this episode. I liked it better than I did last week. I didn't feel like it was as much of a slap in the face mm-hmm. in a way because I think I'd explain this in the sense that last week's episode felt like they were just adding, adding, adding. Mm-hmm. And not really going anywhere. And this week, I felt like we actually went to a new place, like the plot moved forward. Yeah. And we got some answers and not not full answers, but some revelations. And I like everything that they did with Gamby. It's cool. He's he's an old timer in feet. Like, he's not from Freeland, which I didn't realize but it's cool. He's an outsider. He is. And he is part of an ASA um, government organization that was sent to Freeland to create a quote unquote vaccine to make citizens of Freeland more docile. Yeah. And trying to control them. Yep. Weird. Yeah, I was going to say, but that's, you know, again, this is where I think Black Lightning works is because especially whenever I heard that, it was, it, it was like shades of the Tuskegee syphilis experiments as far as, you know, using people as guinea pigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, again, it was, you know, just showing how the show definitely takes, you know, historical or, you know, societal issues and, and brings them to the top of the world to tell a story. Do you get like a German sense from Gamby? Did they say he was German in this episode? Uh, they revealed he was Italian. Gamby was not his. Oh. His okay. not, Gamby's not his last name. He uh, that was the alias he adopted. Okay, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. You're right. He they, he was Italian. Damn it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the vaccine they gave to people, but in in return they got a bunch of medas. Yep. Interesting way to how they created their metas. <laughs> no dark matter here. <laughs> oh, I yeah, we don't do 
<laughs> watch. They probably just have a dark matter machine. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Lynn's going to just talk about it in her lab next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so again, they, they really started to, to, I don't know, do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Do lots of stuff. Like, yeah, they did. They did. I mean, Jennifer, uh, her powers are becoming, you know, she had a great moment between at the end of the episode where she, uh, talks with Anissa about what's going on. Uh, hey, so, this confuses me. Well, yeah. Why does why does Anissa get her powers like when she's what like twenty five or something? Yeah. I mean, she's been through med school, correct? Right. Or is she going through? It? I don't know. Yeah. But she's clearly a lot of years older than Jennifer. Yeah. So why does one get hers so early? I guess I just don't understand the timing. Um, maybe uh, as far as maybe it, it depends on the. Uh, who knows, emotional, like, emotions to draw them out. I, yeah, that, yeah, I mean, it could be that. I mean, it just could be just, just happenstance. Uh, you know, maybe they will, they will explore that some, uh, in particular with, you know, with Lynn um, being a scientist and also Anissa being an MD. Um, they'll, they'll get into some of the, you know, backstory as far as why they why their powers like manifested itself at different times yeah and we they they followed i don't know what they did they also pull they also showed lala being back in town and lawanda and they even gave us a nice shower scene yes that was so weird (laughs) so Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, uh... <laughs> you know, I saw it coming, but still when they actually did it and then when they kissed and I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Yeah, yeah, that, uh, I'm trying to like place the, uh, like the show that or something. I've seen that before, but, uh, the, the only, so I was, I was thinking about Luanda and how she's very in this new form, whatever form it is of her, she's very sinister and evil. And mm. she definitely has a, um, she wants, um, she's very much in revenge mode, um, yes. which could play out very, very seamlessly in the sense that this is a vendetta that she has with Jefferson Pierce, not Black Lightning. And so if she's using Lala and manipulating Lala, who also had a a falling out between him, him and Jefferson yep. right before his own death. But, I mean, I, I think he, I don't really know if he's going to be more leaning towards going after Black Lightning or not. But I can see how maybe they want to the writers want to use Lala and Lawanda as more of an antagonist against Jefferson Pierce while paralleling that with um, Tobias going after Black Lightning. That makes sense, um, I think, because um, as we saw earlier in the season, uh, yeah, they're, they're, Lawanda will definitely probably feel that Jefferson failed um, 
in his role as principal to, to you know, help the community. And yeah, and Lala, you know, obviously Lala just sees Jefferson as a threat to, you know, his pipeline of young, young recruits. So. Oh, speaking about pipelines, that was another interesting thing about this whole Gamby ASA revelation is that mm-hmm. they're actually the ones behind green light. Yep. Yep. They are. Uh, yep. That was uh very interesting revelation and um yeah so you know go ahead ahead. ahead. oh i was gonna say last week we were talking about um the shadow Mm -hmm. people yeah shadow crew no i don't know um so so maybe um the shadows (laughs) what the the heck are their names will damn it the shadow force shadow for force are the other metas in Freeland, who yeah. uh, who are like working in an underground network um, against ASAs, maybe maybe that's because Tobias is one of them for all yeah. intents and purposes. So I, I maybe, but then but then how does Lady Eve connect to the ASAs, and how does like there's ah. Oh, I'm just waiting for it to all be connected in which like shadow force is the same thing as ASA at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely close some door, some loops, but they open up with the whole ASA and, you know, Gamby's revelations as far as coming to town, they open up some more interesting, uh, narrative points this week, uh, that, uh, will, will obviously be explored. Um, but uh, clearly, Lady Eve, Gamby, and this, uh, uh, what was his name? Uh, I can't remember the character who was from the ASA. I can't remember his name. Right. L. Proctor. Um, clearly, they all were in cahoots together with this, with this green light and, and working together on this experiment. And obviously, Jefferson's father, you know, Gamby tipped him off to what was going on. Um so, yeah, they it, 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 Jefferson's reaction at the end, it was, uh, I, you know, Gamby was probably, uh, you know, shitting bricks at that point, just hoping that Jefferson wasn't about to light him up. <laughs> yeah. he was furious. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it, but... You know, they, they played that out so well considering everything, like Lynn going to Jefferson first, mm-hmm. having that, that talk and seeing how off kilter the information was for her. And when she had her own conversation with Gamby, FYI, a lot of sexual tension there. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime those do, I'm just going to put that in there every yeah. single time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, but but you got the sense, like, Gamber is more than just, he he really is that father figure yeah. of who Jefferson has become over, over the years. So to me, at the end, as poignant as it was, I was just like, man, it's just like when when you find out who your parents really are for the first time, like mm-hmm. 
when you're a kid, you view them on such a high pedestal until as you grow up, you see the flaws and you see the, the humanity in your parents and you realize that who they are and yeah. the baggage that they carry with them. Um, you get mad and yeah. you get frustrated because your picture breaks apart and everything you thought you knew suddenly becomes undone. And then you start to question yourself as a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was very, very much encaptured in that moment at the end. Totally. It totally was. Yeah. It was very powerful Indy, to uh, this week's ep this past week's episode. So yeah, can't wait, can't wait for, uh, can't wait for, uh, for next week. Yeah. And I like how there's no breaks. Yes. Currently. Yeah. Love I it. Think yeah, we got we got we have our finale dates I think got released today. So uh, they are, I want to say they were April seventeenth. Sweet, just straight one one. Yep. The power seat. entry. Yep. Awesome. Yay. Hey. So so we to to round things off. Uh, this past week on Collider, they dropped a Schmodown Intergeekdom Five Way video. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So this is it goes back to what we were talking about last week with the Schmodown. Like this is an example of when it doesn't work because it was sad and I felt embarrassed for 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 at least three of the competitors in the five way match because yeah. clearly. They do not know this stuff as good as they thought that they did. No, they did not. If you're going to be a self-professed expert in X, Y, or Z, you better bring it. Oh, well, I think, well, I think the Costa dude, he just kind of, uh, he, he was just there for the, for the free, the free treats or whatever, because he, he wasn't even trying. <laughs> I was so shocked to see him because I've seen him guest on Schmo's No, th their main show, a mm -hmm. lot, and he does really great impressions, and I'm like, uh, are you sure you you know what you just signed up for? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't realize that you were a geek or a competitive geek. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it like that. And then... And then this other guy, John, I think his first name was John, but I could be getting that wrong. Um, he he just ran away with the whole competition. I yeah. mean, it was a technical knockout. Yeah, yeah, it was. I was just, yeah, I was, I was, I was watching it. Uh, for, I was like, man, this is the one time I wish I I could be on this show. I would like yeah. would have cleaned up. It yeah, was, yeah, and I would all of those Star Trek questions. It, I'd exactly. be like, ah. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> yes, I, I know. So I would have been going, gunning for the Star Trek question. So yes, I would have. But yeah, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have run away from him. Well, I don't yeah. Know they, yeah. I don't know they were running away from him. I think they just, just didn't like Star Trek, which, you know, I could have saved some of them. I didn't, I couldn't get a good read on what any of them felt comfortable because I felt like every time a topic was mentioned, there was like this the single like oh great i don't know <laughs> like, <laughs> like as the season as the first the first round is really telling yeah you know because mm -hmm. it's just it's just a a free for all of questions in typical areas of this of film of geekdom of whatever you you may have it and so if you start to fall behind on those first round points yeah. It is a big hole to come back 
during the second round when you're really playing to your strengths mm-hmm. if the wheel goes in your favor. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I got, to me, after watching this, just, this just proves our point further that I'm fine with introducing new faces. Mm-hmm. I just need them to have these kind of shows do a trial run. Don't yeah. air it. Because it's not entertaining. Yeah. It's really not. It's and, kind of sad. Yeah, it was pretty sad. And it's like, if you're, if, you know, we, we are talking about these schmodowns and if our, you know, our listeners go and check them out, they're going to be like, what? Guys, they're going to be pissed off at us not listen to us anymore because we might made them burn an hour of their lives. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, this is definitely not a match that I would re- recommend. No. No, I, I feel like last week was two great matches. Highly recommend watching those um, and a few others. But, you know, it's it's just, yeah, to your point, um, we, we don't want to say, go check this out. You'll be really impressed. No, because, well, yeah. you might have fun because you'll know more than they did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm looking more. Ex- I'm more excited because they're gonna finally air that JTE and Roka match. Yeah. And coming after off of the team battles, I really want to see that and how that plays out. Definitely, definitely. Because JTE has never lost to John Roka in all of the years that they've been doing this. Oh. And they've gone up like multiple times, either one on one. Or as teams. Yeah. Get the popcorn ready, y'all. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, but seeing as how Roka screwed it up last week, I'm sure he'll screw it up again. He probably will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think that's a wrap for tonight, Will. Yeah. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook and check us out on YouTube. That's right. We are now posting our podcast on a YouTube channel, Cena Nerd, obviously. Um, but go and subscribe over there and leave us some comments. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on both iTunes and SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.